an unexpected visitor. In the early hours of the morning there was a loud meow at the cat flap of 21 Cliff Road. Please, can I come in? The visitor called loudly. Kathkin prowled across the moonlit floor and seeing Frodo standing outside hissed and said sulkily, Go away Fleabag you aren't wanted here. Kathkin this is an emergency, Frodo pleaded. I need to talk to Tara, you and the dogs. What emergency? The murderer has my queen. Kathkin thought for a second and realizing the enormity of the situation invited Frodo into the kitchen. He then meowed for Tara and the dogs to join them. Tara stalked into the kitchen the moonlight causing her glitter to sparkle and looked intently at the black and white tom. Frodo lowered his head submissively and spoke formally. Tara, I apologize for straying onto your territory unasked, but my need is great, and I ask your indulgence. Frodo you are welcome. How can we aid you? They paused as Honey and Henry trotted into the room and at a glare from Tara the two dogs sat quietly. As I told Kathkin the murderer has attacked my queen. Is she all right? Honey woofed softly her hackles starting to rise at the shock of the news. She's been tied to a chair and is bleeding. I can't see her face because there is a sack over her head. I watched through a gap in the curtains until he left, and I could see her struggling against her bonds. I knew that I couldn't free her, so I went for help. Ran away like a frightened puppy, Kathkin scoffed stealing a glance at Henry. He then yelped softly as Tara swatted him across the rump with her claws partly extended. Be nice, kitten. Tara hissed, Henry got scared and ran away. He's sorry that he let our Tom down. She looked at Frodo and asked reasonably, you are an alpha Tom, why didn't you fight for your queen? The monster threatened to kill me in order to force her to tell him something he wanted to know. I could see the thought distressed her, so I removed myself from the equation. I couldn't see how, on my own I could achieve anything if I attacked as he had some type of mask protecting his face. If he killed me or I was seriously injured, I couldn't help my queen. I kept watch until he left and then tried to get to my queen but the door to the sitting room was closed and I couldn't open it. I tried to get some human to help me, but they just wouldn't listen to me. Eventually I remembered your Tom and although I knew he was hurt I could think of nowhere else to go. You did the right thing Frodo, Honey huffed encouragingly. Our Tom might not be very well at the moment, but I think that between us, two dogs, three cats and one unwell human, we should be able to do something. Thank you, Frodo's ears came forward, how do we get your Tom to help? Perhaps if Frodo wakes him, we might get him downstairs to open the door and once he's done that you dogs can gently pull him along, Tara purred. If that doesn't work, we'll try something else. Now come on. With an imperious swish of her tail Tara led the way upstairs. I woke up with a bad headache to find a cat kneading my chest. Reaching up absently I touched the cat's head and started stroking it. There was something wrong, the fur wasn't soft enough for Tara and the cat was too large for Kathkin. Blearily I groped along the wall above my bed until I found the light switch. Clicking it on I found myself staring into Frodo's green eyes. I relaxed, Frodo meant that Elizabeth must be here looking after me, probably she's come over to make me breakfast. I closed my eyes and heard the cat meow. Suddenly I was wide awake. From the darkness outside it was still the middle of the night and I knew that Elizabeth had gone home the evening before when I had gone to bed early. Something was wrong. Reaching out again I picked up my mobile and with a moment's hesitation phoned her number. Even if everything was okay, she would want to know where Frodo was. Elizabeth's phone rang and rang. I was convinced that something had happened. Stopping the call, I began to dial the police before I realized that I only had my misgivings and nothing concrete to offer them. I dislodged the cat from my chest and swung my legs onto the floor. I was feeling quite dizzy, but I felt that this was more due to the Meniere's rather than any concussion. 
I did have a bad headache but nothing that I couldn't live with. I didn't want to get up, but I felt that if Elizabeth might be in trouble and I had make the effort. If I was right and she needed me, I had to go. If I didn't, I would never be able to look in the shaving mirror without feeling disgust at the person reflected. Swapping my sleeping shorts for a pair of trousers and nearly falling when I lifted my leg to put them on, I pulled on a pair of sandals, thankful for the Velcro fastenings. Walking was tricky, I lost my balance and fetched up against my chest of drawers. I took a double dose of my medication, then two paracetamol to deal with the headache. Carefully I used the banisters to help me get down on my knees at the head of the stairs and with a controlled fall lowered myself onto a sitting position. I negotiated the stairs by bumping down them one at a time. It took longer but I couldn't risk a serious fall. At the bottom I used the newel post to help stand up and pause to pull on the light jacket that I'd left draped over the banister rail. I looked around for my stick only to remember that the police had taken it as evidence. I swore to myself, as a stick would have made balancing easier. Summoning up all my resolution I opened the door and went out into the night. Although I had not put them on their leads, I was pleased to see the honey and Henry were trotting by my side. At the end of the path, I hesitated for a second. Honey nudged me until I turned towards Elizabeth's house. After a few hundred yards I became aware that all three cats were paralleling me through the front gardens. Occasionally they stopped and meowed before entering a new plot of land and it struck me that they were asking permission before crossing into someone else's territory. The night was dreamlike so it could be my imagination playing tricks on me. As I progressed my headache became worse until it felt like a small dwarf was forging something on my head, I could do nothing about it and hoped that the paracetamol would start working soon. I came to a corner and was feeling so bad that I had to hang onto a gatepost and fight a wave of nausea. I couldn't afford to lose the pills before they started working. A car slowed, stopped and I heard an electric window wind down. Someone had realized that I was ill and was going to offer to help. Thanking my lucky stars, I made a great effort and turned towards the car. My vision by this time was blurring and I could indistinctly make out a disapproving, middle-aged woman staring at me from inside the car. Go home and stop making an exhibition of yourself, she called waspishly. You drunks disgust me. Then she gestured to the man in the car with her and he drove off. I found myself on my knees with honey urgently licking my face. Using her and the gatepost for support I made it upright again and continued, this time hanging onto the garden walls. After a few moments the car passed me again and I heard it stop somewhere to my rear. Cursing their glib prejudice, I forced myself on. I was walking with my eyes closed opening then only for the barest glimpses whenever I came to a gap in the wall or collided with an obstruction. This at least removed the disorientation caused by the conflicting messages being sent by my different senses. By the time I reached Elizabeth's road the headache had become manageable and the Meniere's drugs were starting to work. I swayed up to her door, but I did not fall into the bushes. I leant against her door and rang the bell. As I listened a faint, but rhythmic banging started somewhere downstairs. I tried the door, but it was locked. I stood there puzzled for a moment before Frodo meowed loudly and raced round the side of the house. I lurched after him as quickly as I could and rounded the corner of the house to see him disappearing through a cat flap. I tried the door handle and the back door opened. Looking around I could see Frodo pawing at the sitting room door. Before I could react, Kathkin had jumped for the door handle, his weight depressing the latch long enough for Honey to shoulder the door open. I followed the animals and entered the dark room. I could hear the thumping noise very clearly. I turned on the light to see Elizabeth tied to a chair by thick plastic industrial binders, a small sack tied tightly round her head. It was the work of a moment to undo the gag and lift the sack from her head. She was crying silently and from her posture I realized that she was suffering from extreme cramps. 
I need to cut you free, do you have any scissors? In my sewing kit on the bookcase, she answered. Thank you, John, I don't know why you've come but, thank you. Knowing that she was in pain I got the scissors and carefully started cutting the binder away from her right wrist. When it gave way, I heard Honey bark warningly. Elizabeth's arm moved and she gasped in pain. Before I could do anything, a voice shouted, Got you, you bastard, and I was knocked to the ground, for the second time in 24 hours my head took a solid knock, and everything went black. Copyright Robert M. Ward 2014, All Original Rights Reserved